radioinfluence.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with... Kyle Sarah. <laughs> and B. I'm not Frank. No, Frank took the day off today. He has his the day off from his own show also. He's just taking a summer day off. Um, I, I happen to look over at my notepad here, Kyle, and it, I have a timestamp from Wednesday's show, and it's 27 minutes, and I have here that Frank said dicks and T-I-T-S. I don't like that word. I don't say it. But yeah, I had, that's I had, fair. I don't either. I had to edit it out of my show so let's t and d is what he's saying yes because we were talking about the naked men at the parades with the kids and it's really yeah, hard it's really hard to maintain your composure when you're talking you shouldn't about say that. hard when you're talking about naked men at the parade no and you shouldn't Should say you shouldn't say i think yeah. i said that katenji john uh not uh what's Jackson. her name john pierre the the press secretary oh uh sideshow bob kareen sideshow bob i said she was getting pounded and that was another one that didn't go over too well either. I mean, maybe she was, maybe she wasn't. <laughs> Look, we've been very clear on this as an administration. And as you know, I'm going to say something that is approved, even if President Biden doesn't know what I'm talking about. That one? Yes. You yeah. forgot to She's tell... very important. She's a black lesbian. So black lesbian thought leader. Well, she's a diversity hire, you know? She checks yes. all the boxes. It's a Not big... all of them. Which ones is she missing? Transabled? Yeah, she's not missing a limb. She doesn't seem to talk about her ADD or her disabilities that are mental problems. So you need a couple other diversities. I guess she's a little lower than what's his name, the Admiral. O'Doyle rules. <laughs> oh, O'Boyle rules. <laughs> oh, Adam, o donation to the O'Boyle rules fund. Now I'm going to have to pay taxes on the donation and send it over to you. And then you're going to have to pay taxes on the donation and send it over to Garrett. That's Correct. Great. That's great. Thank you, Fantastic. Adam, for your now $10 donation. <laughs> That's known as laundering. Oh, well, yeah, I'll guess. Actually, I'll did I tell you Did I tell you that? Uh, so I reached out. This is this is super frustrating. Um, so we raised all that money for Garrett O'Boyle and for Marcus Allen. And so I was really proud. And I was like, this is awesome. What a great thing. What a great showing of Americans. 11,000 people, you know, opening hearts and wallets and taking care of my buddies. So super into it raised over half a million dollars. And then I'm like, I want to just cut these guys checks. So I sent them checks. And then I have like a thousand DMs coming in. They're like, you're going to get hit with all these taxes. And so I go, oh God, is that true? And so I look into it. It's like possibly, maybe, probably not. It sounds like, but maybe. So rather than do that, which sounds awful and getting hit with $80,000 per check that I sent, I was like, dude, shred that. Let me just send you some short-term money. That's up to the gift limit legally uh, under the IRS statutes. Mm -hmm. And now we got to figure something else out. So then we get this this pitch and uh, it's these attorneys and they're like, we'd love to set up something like a letter, a findings letter saying that you're good to donate this. And uh, it's only going to cost you twenty five thousand dollars. And it was like twenty five thousand dollars so I can send you a findings letter, a hard pass. Wait, they wanted you to pay them twenty five grand yes. to write the letter. Correct. Okay. Saying that I would be in the clear and they can do. OK. So I was like, well, that sounds like a terrible thing. So, and they were like, how do you feel about that? I said, nauseated. Actually, that's how I feel. I feel uh, like I might want to puke. And then they go, uh, well, what do you want? And I was like, I want to see lawyers like you and all the people that are in that sort of boat uh, hanging by their necks from the 14th Street Bridge on the way to DC as a harbinger of the ill to come. You guys are the problem. I'm not buying your jet ski so that I can like send my friends money without a tax. So I get this guy, this is, I'm actually going to pump them out because they're awesome. I get, um, Matt Gates's people connect me with attorneys that they're friends with. And they're like, look, dude, we'd like to set up a foundation for you to make this happen. We'll do it for a flat fee of $4,000. We'll set you up a 501c4. So the money can come in. You can set these people up. And if you're interested, you could hold on to money in the pot, which the guys agreed to. So you can support the next blower come, whistleblower coming forward. Fantastic. So we're, so we're going to have that pending. I got the uh, engagement letter yesterday. So I got to just tell them, yep, go to go ahead. Let's write See? the paperwork out. See, this is how wait. it's supposed to work. That's right. Yeah, four grand is a reasonable amount of money for administrative costs to set up a foundation to support people. And then you can accept that. donations in perpetuity. Correct. Yeah. And small dollar donations. There's no tax write off, but people are not looking for a tax write off and they're 25 bucks. So 
Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And somebody said, what happened to pro bono? And that's exactly right. What happened to people like knowing it was the right thing? What happened to knowing that there was a country you were going to have to live in after you made your money and you want that country to be the country it, that you want to spend your money in? I it, it, it makes me, it grosses me out to think that someone was trying to rip you for 25 grand. That's, you should name and shame them. I might soon. You should. It's gross. Yeah. Terrible. I'm sure they're all friends. Ugh, nasty. I had one Nauseating. other one other weird thing. It was kind of funny I wanted to do before we got into all the serious nonsense, Kyle, because it's Friday. Mm. Mm -hmm. You got to leave a little early because you got your own show with Steve. It's it's friendly Friday today, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what uh, do you know what that plays on, though? No. Why? Are you familiar with the concept of Fred uh, of uh, federal Friday? No. What is that? That's a thing in the federal government where the three and a half million people that work for the American taxpayers kind of just f off because it's friday and then you know take an early lunch and then take an early go home oh it's like eh, it's 1 30 it's two o'clock eh, friday and then they all just kind of go home doesn't they, mean everybody does but a lot of people just kind of just bail so they get to leave whenever they want well who's gonna stop them what are they gonna get fired they got the vax <laughs> they did what they were told they hate christians it's easy as long as you're a good as long as you're a good minion well you're working today fashion. and so is steve that's right. Although we'll be done early because uh, our work is different. And I got to hug my little naked turd two-year-old boy who climbed out of his bed. That, that's how I started my day. So what's better than that? One of my kids left a can of Zevia in my backseat yesterday that exploded as, as I was driving home from dropping my daughter off at work. I don't even know what that is. It's soda. Okay. It's it's soda that's sweetened with ste it's keto-friendly Stevia soda. That you got it. Drink. I would not like that. It's actually really tasty. I don't like Stevia, though. You don't really taste the stevia the way that you think. I do. Mm, I don't think you would. I had someone send me one of these like uh, they were like, would you be interested in endorsing our product? And I was like, I don't know. Send it to me. And I tried it and they were like, uh, I go, oh, no, it tastes like chemicals. I don't enjoy it. It has sweetener. And they were like, well, there must be something wrong with you. I'm like, that's a really good way to get people on board. With your product. <laughs> it tastes did bad. You, it's not you... a good taste for people that only like real sugar, which I only like real sugar. I don't do stevia. I don't do anything artificial. And then you just moderate the real sugar. The funny thing is, is your body actually has a similar reaction to sweeteners as it does because it's it's triggered the same responses. Yep. And so it starts going into that that sugar production cycle where it starts trying to pull things out of the blood. So you're that's not actually why you break anything. it. That's why you break a fast when you have anything that tastes sweet. It doesn't matter if it's actually real that's sugar it. or not. Your brain thinks that it is. And Kyle is yep. correct. Yes. Yes. Turns out. However, they left this can in the backseat of my car. And I'm sorry to hear about that. I'm sitting at a light and all of a sudden the loudest, most absurdly horrible boom. So first I checked my dash to see if a tire exploded. And then I checked for the shooter because I literally thought that someone had shot a, a bullet or a gun somewhere next to my car. And then I started to smell the soda and I'm like, oh, there's a picture on my Twitter. It The can top just literally blew off. Like it I was love that. It's insane. Um, and I say this only because kids are interesting turds. They're the best. What what else what else is going on, right? There's just We've got one more kind of lightweight thing. Okay. There's a Dear Amy letter that came in in Chicago. Okay. For, it, it reads like this. Four months before my daughter's wedding, she told me that her uncle, my brother Dave, would make her feel unsafe if he was a guest. She asked me not to invite him. My daughter's very politically progressive, as are many of her friends. And although she and Dave is always, have always had a good relationship, I thought he's a conservative voter and has supported candidates we all abhor. Dave has always been very nice, so my daughter's request surprised me. I wrote Dave a very nice note, telling him that we would not be comfortable with him at the wedding and that he would not be invited. Dave didn't respond and didn't attend. Afterward, I sent him a card and pictures from the wedding, all in an effort to make him feel like he wasn't being totally left out. I haven't heard from Dave since. When my siblings found out what I had done, they were angry with me. That's just one problem. Another problem is that Dave has not sent my daughter and son-in-law a wedding gift. In the past, Dave has given family members wedding checks in excess of $1,000. She says she was counting on receiving the same type of gift. My husband says I should drop it, but I can't. Dave's behavior is upsetting and embarrassing to me. How can I get my brother to recognize and change his petty behavior? Please don't tell me that I'm the one who started this by not inviting my brother to the wedding. After all, he's a grown man while my daughter is young and just starting out. 
My daughter is young. She's old enough to uh, to surpass the age of consent and she's accountable for her decisions, but not really because we want to infantilize people. I'm sure we're going to talk about other infantilization that's going on in this country because we know that people are not responsible for their actions, nor should they be held accountable. What a gross, just disgusting email. I mean, and, and you know what? That's so this is the thing. And Tracy, I'm going to need you on board for this. I, I haven't said this before. This is the first public uh, position backing of this. I need conservative women to back the repeal of the 19th Amendment. We Women have suffered long enough. We need we need to stop it. We need to stop the suffraging. And here's the thing. I think I can get I can get lib women on board to make this stop because I can just let them know how racist it is and that their vote is taking away from women of color. So I don't want them canceling out that I need all these women to stop and we need conservative women to volunteer out so that the lib women will also feel pressure. And then look, conservative women are still going to get the vote from their husbands, which is what they're supposed to go do. It's going to be fine. We I need to um, get this thing to stop. I actually saw a really interesting video on this from a woman just yesterday where Send she, it. she was are we pulling at, it up. I don't know that I can find it. It okay. was one of those things that spot, floated though. by my Twitter, but she made the case for why women should not be voting. Um, yeah. Adam said that he already made this appeal to you and that you agreed. I, I do. I don't think women should vote. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's intense. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I have to find Are it. you, though? I am. Are you I, kidding? Well, I'm not really like an, like a typical woman, so I think I should have a vote. Maybe we should set up a ranking system. So here's the other here's the alternative to that. If you pay a net positive amount in your federal taxes on the year prior to any election, then you're, you you're are frozen. Oh, you're back. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say you froze too. I don't know what's going on there. All right, go ahead. If I pay a net positive. If anybody does, then you get skin in the game. So wait, so I have to make sure I pay taxes above any deductions for me to be able to vote? Everybody does. Yeah. If you if you if you pay taxes, then you have a say. So you're if legitimizing you pay, taxes. Yeah. Let's just say like you can only you can only participate in the thing that you have a skin. It's like if you show up and you want to yell at the ref, but you don't have a kid playing on the soccer field, like you need to go away. That's weird. That's all I'm saying. I'm I'm pouring over this to see how it comports with what you 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 put out there as your worldview. It doesn't comport. Why not? Because I don't like taxes. Because taxation is theft, and you're trying to. Well, let's them. let's let's slowly eliminate the franchise of people that are morons first. Let's start with that, and then we move back. Yes, taxation is theft. So can we just bar certain people from voting and not everybody? Then that's discriminatory. It's hard to do that. We have to find we have to find appropriate rules that can be played out across the, uh, the whole spectrum. It's discriminatory to make groups within a certain collective, but banning the whole certain collective is okay. Yes. All right. Are you good with that? Um, for the purposes, we'll pulse, of, we'll, for yeah, the, for the purposes of this, we'll move on without. <laughs> and for the purposes of today's show, I'm great with it. Let's do it, Kyle. Oh, uh, Revolution said, if you pay taxes, you're, you're buying gas. You pay taxes. I'm talking about income taxes, people, which I despise. Um, do you want to hear what the person actually answered to angry? Yeah. She Is said, "Amy, response." Yeah. Let's recap. Your delicate daughter is too frightened to be near a conservative voter to allow her uncle Dave to attend her wedding. She then asks you to do her dirty work for her. And of course you do. Fine. So far, we have only a bride's prerogative to create her own guest list and her mother's choice to protect her from any consequences, which is your prerogative. You then yeah. rub the excluded guest's nose in this wedding by sending him photos of the event to which he has pointedly not been invited. But it's your right. second problem, which I believe will enter the Bridezilla Hall of Infamy. In short, brides who are too afraid of family members to invite them to a family wedding don't then get the pleasure of receiving their money. You seem almost afraid of your daughter as she is of your brother, but I hope you'll find a way to courageously tell her that the bank of Uncle Dave is closed, at least to your branch of the family. So far, your silent brother is the only family member who's behaving appropriately. He's steering clear, which is exactly what you have asked him to do. It's very snarky. It's very female. Oh, yeah, it is very female, and I wasn't expecting it i was expecting some kind imagine of if dave was uh sort of embraced his darker side and he fedexed her a a box of human feces or dog feces or um a picture of whatever he used the thousand dollars on interesting if you look at the screen right now you'll see my blown up stevia can i can't see it you know you don't rumble up 
Oh, I do, but I, I don't have it running live. I guess I could. Just hit play and there. mute it. There it is. I see it. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Okay. Look at that rumble. Okay. I missed. Dana Carvey went woke. You ready? Dana Carvey? I like Dana Carvey, though. I do, too. The good woke. Here we go. Yeah. Here I miss go. COVID. <laughs> I know. Dude, you know what I knew? There was trouble <laughs> when anyone that came to our country didn't have to get a vaccine. And I go, mm -hmm. if you're telling me I can't go to work, but everyone, everyone coming in doesn't have to get one, I go, well, once we found out, when Fauci said, okay, I'm sorry, but if you've had two boosters and two vaccines, you can get and give COVID to another guy who's had five vaccines and four boosters. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between a vaccine and a booster? I don't know, it's just more vaccine, but booster sounds better. Anyway, a guy with 25 vaccines would get and give COVID to another guy with 25 <laughs> vaccines. That's why I'm introducing the daily COVID shot. Every day you get a shot. By the time you get to your car, you got no immunity. But it's a beautiful 39 seconds. <laughs> boy. I love Dana Carvey. Always been great. I was really happy to see him do this. Yeah. It, well, it's here's the thing. The tide is turning for these people. Um, there's like we just saw this news that came out. I think uh, I can't remember who broke it, but I saw it yesterday and I and I shared it again. There's apparently uh, pretty good evidence that uh, a strong percentage of the Pfizer shots that went out to Europe were all placebo. That's right. I have that article right here. That's the next thing I was going to talk about. This is what we do. See, we, we're we just on the same wavelength and or we're consuming the same echo chamber. It could be either way. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty big news. Pfizer yeah. vaccine batches in the EU were placebos. They tested these vaccines by batch to see what the rate of adverse reaction for each batch was. And very clearly, there is a batch that is placebo. It's almost as though this graph that I have on screen right now came literally out of a trial. So there's one batch that has ridiculously high adverse events, one batch that has moderately to severe adverse events, and one batch that has no, basically no adverse event events. Um, they're saying the blue batches- It had some panic attacks for the people that thought that they were going to get myocarditis. I just said, like, when I read this, I was like, oh, my gosh, there's a bunch of people out there that, that you know, the Russian roulette bullet didn't hit because if you got in that blue group, you're probably dead. You're probably dead. That He's, doesn't look like a good group. It, it doesn't. And, and they compared batch numbers contained in a Danish study with publicly available information on the batches approved for release. And then they made the discovery that almost none of the harmless batches appear to have been subject to any quality control testing at all. So they didn't even test those at all, which means they knew that they were placebo. It's almost like they were doing a global drug trial without anyone's permission, I think was my my claim. Yes. And that is from two years ago, what Frank has been saying the entire time. Like Frank sure. started out with that theory. And then I, I pieced through it with them a little bit based on news reporting at the time. And we were like, yeah, they're running a massive billion person trial on mRNA because before they released it, DARPA had only tested it on six people and that was, or was eight people. And that was like not even a month before the COVID pandemic hit. Go figure, right? So yeah, this article is insane. It'll be in the show notes for you guys. We're piecing through some of the data now, trying to just vet this out a little bit before we like run with it, but it looks pretty bad on its face. That's and, very responsible of you. Well, I mean, I, you know, all it takes is one person with a larger kind of megaphone to say that that's true without knowing for sure. And then they can debunk everything that is true that might be attached to it. So I try to do diligence myself to death. Um, Bill's correct. That does sound very fraudulent. That sounds like fraudulent use of uh, government funds to pay for not a drug that they expected. And yet, wouldn't you rather be in that group too? <laughs> <laughs> if you were going to get shot and you look backwards and you're like, well, thank God I got the not real shot, even though it was paid for. I mean, that's just that would be like a new lease on life. If I were one of those people, I would I would be forever indebted to the Lord if I wasn't already because I don't like that nurse that got uh, accused of, uh, you know, whatever defrauding people by giving a thousand people placebo or saline. She was a she was a hero is what she was. She was to those people who apparently were not asked whether she needed to be sued or not. Oh, before I forget, I better tell the people, like right in the middle of the show, it's perfect. Um, 
public apology for missing you on the red carpet. My wife told me I had to come and tell you this. My wife keeps track of my things that are important. She was like, Tracy's mad at you. And I was like, I don't think so. And then I thought, I actually don't know that. I better I better apologize to Tracy for not showing up in Austin. Well, I was I mean, so crushed. I would have been terrible on that day. Nobody knew, useless. like I didn't announce that you were going or anything to anybody. So it's not like you embarrassed Wait, me publicly. Okay, did you not? I don't know if you did or didn't. No, I didn't. So I asked Kyle, Kyle lives down by where I was gonna be doing Austin. the yeah high wire red carpet and we were texting and I, I like randomly said why don't you come to this thing if you're going to be home because he was like let's get together while you're down in Austin and I just didn't have the time so I'm like why don't you come to the red carpet and I set it up so that he would be VIP and all taken care of and you no know, no we're not shaming me at all right here <laughs> called in all the favors I had left in That's my it. bucket of favors it. and then That's he just it. stood me up like straight up I texted him at like six there I'm like where are you and then he... I look at my phone and I was like, where am I? <laughs> like, what am I? Where am I supposed to be? I flew in on a plane. So I had flown into Fort Lauderdale, which was five days after being gone for an entire week. By the way, I worked on this movie with Dinesh D'Souza for like seven days. And I was like, oh, it's going to be fun. I'm going to go work on a movie set. That'll be great. I was doing 12, 14 hour days on my feet. It was actually very tiring and doing technical directions so they didn't look foolish. Then I finish the week, I drive back home from Houston, I hang out with my kids for like two, three days, I jump on a plane and fly to Fort Lauderdale, I'm there for two days, and the whole time was just insane. Weren't you, isn't that when you were there, I saw some random stream you were doing where there were some helicopters outside or oh something? Oh my God, there was a freaking Coast Guard helicopter that came and hovered over our podcast, like a hundred feet away from us, it was crazy. <laughs> I saw it. it. I saw it like the stream fell off or something like that and then came back. I turned it off because I couldn't hear myself think. There was a leaf blower underneath me, <laughs> a guy like eight stories below who was like, Meh, and he's like blowing the leaf blower up and a helicopter, which is about the loudest thing on earth that was hovering. Maybe it wasn't 100 feet. It was probably 100 yards off uh, south of us in this. And we're on a, a balcony because we we're like, oh, it's beautiful. It's Florida. Like we'll do an outdoor you know, podcast. It was me, George Hill, Garrett O'Boyle. And we were all in the place to do this interview. So we sit down there and we start talking and this thing's like, and it just hangs out over us. It was doing a hover. Right. And over. I was like, yeah, it definitely isn't anything to do with George Hill, like pissing off the, the DHS and talking badly, who, by the way, own the Coast Guard. So, yeah, then we go inside and then I fly back home and I land and it's like noon. And I and I went and I took a nap and I hadn't slept and I was all destroyed. And I had to go to the airport at 5 a.m. And then Tracy texts me and I'm looking down and I'm like, what does Tracy want? <laughs> like, where am I supposed to be? I was like, oh, I'm not going to be there. No, it wasn't a black helicopter, Adam. It was a red helicopter. Um, George Hill, we published a column from him yesterday at Uncover DC, by, way, by the way, on January 6th. So I will I will reshare that. I didn't see uh, that go out, but George Hill's great. And yeah. thank you for putting that out there. Well, he, so he told me it was very therapeutic for him to actually write it all and gather his thoughts. It feels so disjointed when you have all the dots and you and you know that they're connected, but you haven't th sat down to make that that line happen. And it just it just draws like a baby duck or shark. It could um, be a shark. That's the theme today. It's a baby shark. Yeah. When you draw all the lines out, there's a little dorsal fin. I think I'm going to rename the show when we're done. Baby shark. Something with shark in the title. Something. Affirmative action shark. Well, speaking of affirmative action, let's move on to that because the Supreme Court, if you have been living under a rock, yesterday ruled that affirmative action hires for colleges or hires or admissions for colleges are unconstitutional and can't happen anymore. And a lot of very elite liberals on the white and black side of the spectrum can, can you know, lost their minds over it. But I have a clip of, um, of uh, Donna Brazile. Where is she? She said some crazy stuff. But the, if you look at the numbers, Kyle, if you looked at the numbers of what this has done, here's Donna. Let's listen to her real quick. Well, it's a very sad day. And I agree with the student who said that I shouldn't be surprised. But I am shocked by the fact that in the majority opinion, they basically whitewash whitewash the Constitution in a way that basically says that we were right all along. The 14th Amendment, the, the, the clause, the Equal Protection Clause, will guarantee us a colorblind society. We all know that when slavery ended, Jim Crow began to take root, not only in my native South, but across this country. It took the Civil Rights Act of 1964 to eliminate those vestiges of racism. And now the most effective tool, an affirmative tool, to eliminate barriers, a tool that would give us opportunity is now weakened. So yes, the students will have to write perhaps 
essays that describe how this has been a long struggle, a long struggle to get to the place where they can even have a door to look at versus a door that would be left ajar. For it's so stupid. What she's saying is so stupid. No, here's the thing. She's a Democrat. And, you know, because the parties uh, magically switched positions completely and then just took on different names in 1964 when this happened, even though the Democrats continued to hold all the state offices all the way into the 90s. Um, it's about racism, obviously. It's a it's a racist position to believe that uh, people in this country can compete on merit, which is sort of like, a, you know, American value. I don't know. Well, she hates America. Headline, Harvard to get around affirmative action ban by asking you whether you prefer barbecue ranch or soy sauce. Wait a minute. <laughs> How did Are you in my DMs too? My buddy who's an agent just sent me that and he said Harvard's playing for keeps, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just smart. It's so silly. Smart. I literally have that. I have that that uh, that link sent 14 minutes ago from one of my FBI buddies. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. And it's, and it's probably true. They're going to have to get around it somehow. And every single media outlet covering this is just showing how racist they really are, right? That's right. I'm, it, to to say that, like, the disparity is so gross, it's... Here, I have it. I have the stat. I know you do. I do. I do. And then, of course, Biden saying this is not... I was going to say, you've got that one? I do. I have his whole seven minutes. Do you have a timestamp on when he freaking says it? No, but I'll just send you something shorter than that so you can bring it up here. I just sent it over to you. But uh, Where'd you send he, it? I sent it over to your signal. Okay. So, yeah, so he he actually tweeted this uh, last night as, as I was going to bed, and he just said, we can't let the Supreme Court's decision on affirmative action be the last word. <laughs> but he stumbled over one of the words. I don't know which one the word is. We can't actually hear it from reading his tweet. Also, I guess there's probably an intern that wrote this. So maybe they don't know how uh, SCOTUS works in this country. It they don't have to be right, but the they last... are final word isn't it it is it is kind of the last word. word that's kind of how it works here it is sounds like, like an here. insurrection right we must protect we to... our democracy since the court has spoken we cannot let the supreme court decision on affirmative action be the last word there it is that sounds like insurrection it is insurrection i'm not a scientist and, and for everybody that is a big RFK fan, I just wanted to remind you all that he is a Democrat. Yep. He is a Democrat and he is pro affirmative action. Can't help it. I mean, there's no way that people could do things based on merit. If you've read any of the Clarence Thomas decision, here's the stat I was looking for. An African-American student in the 40th percentile of their academic index is more likely to get into Harvard than an Asian student in the 100th percentile. Black, that checks out. Yeah. Black students in the 50th percentile are more likely to get in than white students at the top. So here's here's the thing. Here's the real problem with this. And this has always been the problem and people always overlook it. But uh, for those of us that were high academic performers that did this sort of work, what you realize is this. There are two situations. One, you've obviously you've put upon this Asian person who is now going to go off there and still be excellent somewhere else. So that doesn't really matter. But what you've really done is one of two things. You've either degraded the capabilities of Harvard, which is probably most likely, and they're going to have to teach at a lower level, or you're setting that person up who's in the 50th percentile for absolute failure if you hold the standards to account, because they're going to show up and they are going to be devastated by the workload, by the capabilities, by not having what I would call intellectual horsepower. If you don't have the raw academic capabilities to maintain that standard, you are screwing that person for life and you're going to make them quit other things because they're like, I'm not good enough. Well, it's really it's possibly really, really dangerous for, for that person. Even I saw a thread yesterday of two doctors, one who didn't get into the school that he wanted to because of affirmative action and the other one who did. And the, the one who did turned out to be an absolutely terrible doctor who like killed people. But he was held sure. up on such a pedestal by the media and other people as this token example of affirmative action at work that everybody was afraid to report on all the malpractice claims that he had gotten and everything else. And I think, honestly, Kyle, what it is, is that these institutions have lowered. They're not teaching academics anymore. They're teaching social justice. And when yes. you teach social justice in an, in an institution like Harvard, instead of actual academics, you don't have to worry about how smart someone is. You just have to worry about how well you can indoctrinate them. And it just so happens that most of the people who are in this category, who are using affirmative action to get into a school like Harvard, are easily indoctrinatable.
if that's a word. Well, this started this started as far back as when I was going to college. So I, I graduated high school in 2000. I'm 41 years old. I recall that a good friend of mine who was a, a wonderful human being and very funny and like cool to be around and was Samoan. And therefore, like, I think uh, we watched him rip a sink off the wall at one point in time, like a really strong, you know, capable guy. He got a full academic scholarship to Harvard, even though I think he got a D in our calculus class because he was Samoan. So his full academic scholarship was to play football for an Ivy. And when you're giving out because they didn't do sports scholarships, I don't know if you know that about the Yeah, but you still have to maintain some GPA to keep the scholarship. No. Well, George had a they had a, a gentleman's program even at that time that we found out about. Now, one of my one of my closest friends who is now a doctor um, and went down, couldn't get into a U.S. medical school because he took a mechanical engineering and biomedical engineering course when he was at Boston University. His his GPA was like in the mid twos because that's what they gave people that were successful, but not ultimately successful. Like three guys would get a B. You know, he was still at the top of his class because they rated against the number of people that started. Mm-hmm. So there'd be 80 people that started. He was in the top like 16 people. Right. But uh, but that was a C average or like a high C average. And that's just the way that engineering classes have always done. They're like, oh, you did your job. You get a C. You did exceptional work. You get a B. You uh, have a new patent. You get an A Mm -hmm. and there's one A. So that's kind of how that played out for his group. So he ends up with this like, you know, high C average. Very, very smart guy uh, was there on an academic scholarship as well. And he ended up going to a, a Mexican medical school in Guadalajara because he was unable to get into a U.S. medical school. Because he was so successful at that. He came out as a guy who's like a 240-pound Conan O'Brien lookalike, right? Oh. Like, like more like like a muscular Conan O'Brien because he's Irish. And, and, and he speaks fluent Spanish and then ended up as the chief resident for the family medicine program that he was in down in, in University of Texas Medical Branch, which is a good school, top 25 public medical school. And he practices medicine now and he's great. And so he's good to go. He's always been bright. Meanwhile, our buddy George, who went to Harvard, was getting tutored by my friend Robbie. Okay, because he couldn't keep up with his classes. And the rule was, as long as you show up, there was a gentleman's agreement. C's get degrees. If you show up, you at least get a C, no matter how incapable you are at the class. That's terrible. And he worked for some kind of a hedge fund because once you graduate from Harvard, the good old boy network takes care of you. So they gave him a job on Wall Street. He made decent money. I'm sure George is doing fine. I haven't kept up with him in years. But that was the program. And that is a erosion of what it meant to be at an Ivy. So when someone tells me they went to Harvard and they've done so in the last 20 years, like, why do I care? I'm like, what do you bench? That's what I care about. What do you bench? And am I impressed? And I'm not. It's just they've cheapened what they were and they've done it on their and they did it to themselves. That's the sad thing. Well, that's why we have these law students churning out of Stanford who have the gall to st- sit there and shout and scream and throw things at Fifth of Circuit a- appellate court judges who are there to speak to them. <laughs> and yep. and it's, a, it's a crisis. But I think, honestly, the crisis is changing or at least the trajectory is changing because now these judges aren't letting these kids clerk for them anymore. They're saying nobody right. from Stanford is going to clerk for me. No one from Yale is going to clerk for me. I want someone from, you know, somewhere that still respects the Constitution to come and clerk for me. Yep. Judges, Which means it, probably you, someone who went to a tech school or went to a uh, went to an apprenticeship because you're not going to find it in modern academia, unfortunately. No. And you know what that means is that the the judicial branch, going back to Dana Carvey, that was his O.J. Simpson skit where he couldn't say the word judicial. Um, <laughs> the judicial system. <laughs> it's so judicial. Um, his his Marsha Clark stuff was outstanding. That's what it's from. That skit. Gotta, I'm going to cut my bangs. I'm going to cut my bangs. I swear to God, I'm going to cut my bangs funny um but that that's going to be where it all lays like all of these very important things that the the tyrants are trying to cram through are Mm. laying at the feet of the courts and they're safe court if court cases don't go the right way at this point it's illegitimate yeah well now we've got dobbs and this dobbs there's an outrage every june i think june should actually be uh outrage at supreme court month Instead and of the Supreme pride. Court should drop all the fireballs on the entire left every single June. And then we can just celebrate it. We can have we can t- have June Pride Month, but for us, because <laughs> it it's family pride, family pride. Ah, oh, goodness. Mm-hmm. Winsome Sears came out and basically called uh, Katenji Brown Jackson a diversity hire, which was hysterical. She was. She was hired because she was a black woman and she couldn't even define a woman when she was sitting there to be confirmed. I know. I actually watched that happen. There was an FBI, um, what do you call them? IA, an intelligence analyst who watched every minute of her confirmation hearing instead of doing her job. 
for like two, three days. It was all that was on. I'd walk by and I was like, well, it's lucky that we don't have any terrorists or spies coming into this country or anything. You got this lady getting confirmed who doesn't know what a woman is. And then when you make fun of that, I'm pretty confident that was one of the strikes against me in the internal affairs investigation. Oh, because you, you, you. Because I thought that was hilarious. I just started telling people I didn't know what a woman was either. And, but what they didn't realize is that I identified as a woman on all my forms as well. This is true. And I, th- I don't it. think people are understanding the full impact of this. Right. I was the first I was the first tranny to be fired by the FBI. Can you please tell people again so that they really grasp what's going on? <laughs> In 2016, they asked me how I identified on a form and I just went with the moment and I just filled it out as it felt accurate. I said female and they asked if I was transgender and I clicked the uh, decline to state none of your business. Same thing about the homosexual comment. That didn't seem like their business. Just wanted to make sure my gender was recognized. And then uh, after that, I grew a beard. And then I went to my first fit physical fitness test where we would do, you know, sit-ups and push-ups and crunches. And they, uh, they, they asked me, you know, do you know how many sit-ups you have to do? And I was like, nope. And they go, oh, it's like 38 or whatever the number was for a 30-something-year-old guy. And I was like, I identify as a female. And they were like, shut up and do your sit-ups. And I was like, I'm going to suit you. I'm going to suit you. <laughs> you know, and I, I did like 60. So that was kind of funny. And then, um, you know, that was the last thing I heard about it until 2021 when I was one of the top female FBI physical performers in every category, except the long distance run, though, which is not really long. It's a mile and a half. But my mile and a half doesn't really keep up with women who can run that speed uh, because I was like 185 pounds. So that's kind of a hefty, hefty girl. And and I knew that when I started, but uh, I was pretty good at the push-ups and the sit-ups and the crunches. Top five nationwide for FBI females. Congrats, Kyle. And then, uh, and then my boss was like, he calls me to his office and he goes, uh, do you know that your form, you know, like th- that your your PT test showed up as a female? And I go, yeah. And he goes. <laughs> <laughs> That's he goes, how uh, you felt that day. He goes, he goes something. Uh, he goes, uh, do you, do you want to fix that? And I was like. I identify as a female. And then he just goes like, <laughs> and, I, and I said, <clears throat> what's so funny, Ryan? <laughs> and he was like, oh, mm, nothing. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't think so. And then I left. How does your wife feel about this? She's fine because it's it's really a gender fluidity issue. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like a man whenever I'm around home. I've actually felt much better and much more masculine since I've left the FBI. When you work for sort of like a, a bitch organization, you act like that, then that's how it, it goes. Off and on you. It does. You know, you and need so to be careful. I would shake it off at the door. I shook it off at the door. Identifying as a male when you go to vote, please. I do. Okay. Yeah, because I need to keep my I need to keep my voting card. Someone has to in this house. Yeah. You know, can't have your daughters voting or anything like that. that would or, be or my baby shark. Or your baby shark. I don't know if sharks have the right to vote. And who knows what will happen once you get that ocean. Well, once we get that ocean, I'm done with all of you. I'm putting that between me and everybody else. And I'm going to stay on my island. I don't blame you. <laughs> That's it. You have to build some huts so we can come visit. You know, there's, I'm not going to remember the name of it. Rowboats only. We're, we're, in, we're into climate change. There's somebody who bought an island somewhere that wasn't, I, I'll have to find it for the next show. I can't even. Talk yeah. About his it. name was Jeffrey Epstein. And if you no. can put your VPN, if you can put your VPN on that island, the FBI won't look into any of your search history. <laughs> I wish we had an Express VPN read today. <laughs> Zing. So good. So I wanted to read a little bit of Thomas's opinion, um, which was incredible. He he just Jackson gets just slammed. Um he he dissects everything that she says. I have a whole bunch of it here. I, I wanted to read the whole thing, but The tried and failed system defies both law and reason. Start with the obvious. If social reorganization in the name of equality may be justified by the mere fact of statistical disparities among racial groups, then that reorganization must continue until these disparities are fully eliminated, regardless of the reasons for the disparities and the cost of their elimination. If blacks fail a test at higher rates than their white counterparts, regardless of whether the reason for the disparity has anything at all to do with race, the only solution will be race-focused measures. If those measures were to result in blacks failing at yet higher rates, the only solution would be to double down. In fact, there would seem to be no logical limit to what the government may do to level the racial playing field. Outright wealth transfers, quota systems, and racial preferences would all seem permissible. In such a system, it wouldn't matter how many innocent and suffer race-based injuries. All that would matter is reaching the race-based goal. Quantifying that into just a paragraph, it is literally everything that this government is seeking to do through di- diversity, equity, and inclusion right now. 
Yeah. And that's he how just, he does it, though. He's, I mean, just brilliant. And then I had some idiot come and say the only reason why Clarence Thomas got appointed to the court is because he's black. That's my favorite part, though. Like, they'll, I love it. They'll, they'll be like, Republicans are racist. And then it'll be like Republicans ultimate Supreme Court. And it's just like nine, nine Clarence Thomas. <laughs> I, it's not just that, though. Seriously, it's, give it's, me nine Clarence Thomases. I'm like, what millennial? Tell me you're a millennial idiot without telling me. Do you not remember his confirmation hearings? That's right. It was very contentious. What about Biden? The most racist crap I've ever seen against Clarence Thomas coming out of Biden of during... So the Democrats didn't want to confirm him at all, let alone he got in through affirmative action. They tried to destroy this man. Yeah, and and forget the fact that he's a brilliant jurist and he just crushes anybody that comes in. Like all of his all oh. of his writing is fantastic. Oh my gosh, yes. And the, the the best part of that comment, the guy's now blocked me, of course, was other than his wife, everything that Clarence Thomas has gotten has been through affirmative action. His wife is obviously a white woman. So, I mean, scream racist. They're so gross. These that, people. Uh, that chick, Erica Marsh, do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, but I think it's a parody, Kyle. No. Somebody was saying she worked at the Biden White House. Look, everyone's been trying to prove that that was a parody. But, I, like, she's a parody like the Cranstein's are, the, are a parody. Oh, God, I hate them. They're terrible. You love them. I won't even so go on spaces anymore. Steve Friend and I had a really funny moment about this because uh, the Ed... Cranstein, whatever his name, Cranstein, was uh, he posted a video of himself doing a single rep max. Of, I was on that thread. What was it like? 200, 205? Yeah, on an, he wasn't even on an incline. He had no spotter. Who was holding the camera? Well, I, I don't care about any of that. Like, look, you could do you could do a, a single bench. I used to bench all the time in my in my garage gym, and I would just have uh, I'd have catches that would be set just so that if I had to like if I deflated, I could slide out underneath it if I was going to die. So that's a thing. But uh, what's very funny is is that. You weigh a buck 23, 200 is a decent bench for that, I guess. It's like percentage wise to body weight. But if you weigh a buck 23, number one, why is it a buck 23 and not a buck 25? Like what kind of weird homo thing is that? That's part one. Part two, how many men weigh 123 pounds outside of high school? Like that's the last time I weighed 123 pounds. How small is that dude he's as a human tiny. being? He's tiny, tiny. He's ripped. I mean, he's ripped. He's He looks like a little fitness model. But when I say a little fitness no. model, like, like a teenage fitness model. He looks like a teenager. He looks like a predator a is what he looks like. Child, a child predator. Yes. Yeah. Possibly. In my opinion. Um, I can't, I can't uh, speculate on that uh, with any sort of definitive statement. All and I can say is if you were bragging about your, your 200 pound bench, we used to have a rule in my garage gym. My buddy was a power lifter. He'd come in and he was like, dude, if you drop the weight on a deadlift and it's less than 315, like you have to run laps for the rest of the day. Why are people even putting pictures and video of themselves working out out on? I think it's media hilarious. Anyway? Like, look, I want to get back to that. I want to get back to men doing feats of strength, saying like, "This is why my opinion matters more than you," because I can, you know, bench press three fifty five, which my neighbor used to come in and do, and I'd be like, "Oh," and I'd say, "Hey, is that a good bench?" And he was my size, and he's like, "No, it's a poverty level bench." But why? But why do these like? That's a problem, though, Kyle, because you're not going to get the real men out of that. You're going to get all of the idiots with small penises who want to pretend they're real men showing their stupid flexes out on social media. I'm down with stupid flexes. I'm just saying, let's like make let's make masculinity masculine again. And lifting heavy things is a masculine thing. Straight up. I can't do it. I can't bench very much, so I don't I don't get to play in that game. But I'm just saying, if you're going to do something and you're going to try to come out there and do a flex and your flex is benching 200, you that's that's not the flex you think it I'm is. I'm just going to say I weigh more than Krasenstein does, okay? So he's tiny. Yeah, so does my wife. Tiny. So does, she's he's itty bitty. He's, it's not impressive. This little, and if you weigh 123 pounds and you're a man, you're already eliminated from like you're in the ultra feather bantamweight category, which means that you can only fight chicks, which makes you a chick by default and then you have to fight me and then I will eat well, your soul. Well, I mean if he, I will snatch he, your soul from you. If he fought chicks, that would be he would win. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be able to. No, he would have to fight guys like not gay Jared from Steven Crowder show. Like that's the <laughs> kind of size guy that he could fight. <laughs> so Erica Marsh, we'll pull this up. Today's Supreme Court decision is a direct attack on black people. No black person will be able to succeed in a merit-based system, which is exactly why affirmative action-based programs were needed. To see today's decision is a travesty. I don't think this is a real account. I know it, but I 
she's saying what do they actually think and i can't say that it's not and it's got it's followed by like a bunch of demo accounts so maybe they're taken in maybe maybe they don't get it jersey girl 21 said that uh, merrick garland is 125 pounds no he's 123 and a half pounds he's got a half pound on the cranston steam bros what's gonna happen to him man are they gonna actually impeach that dude he is such who a cares like what are we gonna get we he, have lisa monaco she's not going anywhere like the people running the doj are still there can you imagine no he never made it that's the best thing about it oh my yeah it's bad it's very bad. So I got about I got about two three minutes, and I'm gonna have to duck out lest me lest I be completely useless for um, the next thing. Well, you However, go, you go now, and I'll play this clip of the beginning of. The oh, you, yeah, you've got a good long clip. Okay, people uh, wagered whether or not I could sit still during that. I want people to know I could easily sit still for six minutes. I used to do it for seven hours, waiting for bad guys peeing in a jar. But uh, but I'm yeah that is that is a good way to, to what I used to pee in a jar. I know. But, I hold saying. on. Let, let me tell you the the two most important things for a surveillance person, cops. We talked about this last night with my buddy who's a cop. The two most important things. Number one is a radio. You got to be able to call in what you see, and you got to be able to call your team, let them know what's going on. Number two is a piss bottle, so you can sit still. What about chicks and that are doing surveillance? I don't know. I'm not a chick. I don't understand that. Maybe women shouldn't be in law enforcement if they can't pee in a bottle. Wow, you are really racking up the points today against. Women. I'm just saying there's a place for everybody, and you know right now. I've got a, a a wife that's running around that's seven and a half, almost eight months pregnant, who's got a like a beach ball that she's hiding under her shirt, and there's an alien developing in there, and that seems like a superpower. I can't do that. I could pee in a bottle. When you compare them, they're not really a fair comparison. I don't feel like I'm outclassing her by peeing in a bottle that says simply lemonade, which, by the way, that's the preferred. That's the preferred. Uh, and then you leave it for, for the next person. Just no, it's your vehicle. You keep it for yourself. I would always pour it out on the street for the homies. Um, when I would leave the hood, because that's where you're going. Just saying. It's not like you're doing it in a nice neighborhood. And usually I could smell that I wasn't the first person that had oh, peed on that God street. Oh, God in heaven. All right. <laughs> Bye, Kyle. All right. Hey, uh, yeah. See you guys. Thanks for and joining thanks, us. <laughs> thanks for having me on, Tracy. Always good to talk to you. In about seven minutes, everyone can hop on over and watch Kyle and Steve. <laughs> good to go. We'll talk soon. Bye. Okay. I don't, um, I'm not really quite sure how to handle all that. But I do have this clip that I wanted to play um, that I think you guys will enjoy. This is the actual hearing behind the Supreme Court case. Um, I would never normally be able to play a, cl um, a clip like this without, uh, without interrupting it. But let's just play this because it's really, really good. And I want you to hear it. Listen. Because you referred to the personal score. And that's a score that Harvard gives based on character traits such as integrity, courage, kindness, and empathy. But the record shows that Asian student applicants get the lowest personal scores of any other group. What accounts for that? Is it, it, it has to be one of two things. It has to be that they really do lack integrity, courage, kindness, and empathy to the same degree as students of other races. Or there has to be something wrong with his personal score. That's, that is, I mean, I, I want to get to what the evidence was there, but that, that syllogism, with all due respect, is wrong. There was, for example, a study that was done in 1983 that looked at why it was that female applicants to graduate school at the University of No, Colorado. just address this. The personal okay, score that's given to Asian applicants to Harvard, why do they, why are they given a lower score than any other group? Okay, so the answer to why they, as a group, why there is a slight numerical disparity with respect to the personal rating of Asian Americans, but, and also a slight numerical this is the attorney for Harvard speaking, by the way. ...disparity to the advantage of Asian Americans with respect to the extracurricular rating and the academic rating was the answer that their expert gave with respect to the latter two, which is that the only way that you can, the only model that can be created to figure out what was going into the personal rating couldn't look at almost anything that admissions officers look at in those ratings. It can't, there's no way that it could model. Is there any answer coming out of this man's mouth? Listen to the justices after he's finished. 
what the guidance counselor letters said, what the teacher letters said, what the essays said, what the interviewers' letters said. In other words, I thought what the they interviewers did not rate the applicants lower than other uh, than other applicants based on race. There, there was not the disparity in what was done by what was said by the interviewers. The, with respect to the alumni interviewers, the alumni based interviewers. on based on the subset that was included here, that their subset, by the way, excluded all ALDC applicants. That is, even though they acknowledged that there was not only no evidence of discrimination against Asian American ALDCs, but they did better. They eliminated from their their model. Applicants that represent, on average, 30% of the admitted I, class. I, I still, putting aside the, the teacher recommendations or guidance counselor recommendations, which I'll come to, I still haven't heard any explanation for the disparity between the personal scores that are given to Asians. They rank below whites, they rank way below Hispanics, and really way below African Americans. What and you're talking about? Hundreds and hundreds of applicants, maybe thousands. What is the explanation for that? So the explanation that was, I can't do better than the findings of fact in the trial court as affirmed. And, and I, and I, but I want to make. In other words, I have no answer for you why we're downranking uh, Asian students to such a degree other than that they're Asian. And that's what this whole segment is about. And the justices come back. I'm not going to bore everyone with it. It'll be in the show notes. It's a really good segment from a court. Like, this is kind of stuff I nerd out on. Um, it's a really good segment. So I'll put it down there for you guys so you can hear it. And we will we will just end today. I have a couple more things, but they're really kind of go back and forth things. Um, this, this column, just so you guys know, you need to read it. Adam wrote this column for Uncover DC called Durham Ignored His Assignment. It's super well done. It's not very long. It's It just explains why Durham didn't investigate anything that he was tasked to investigate the way he should have investigated it. And yes, we do have a Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky shot inside of this column. Um, anyway, that's all for today, guys. You have been listening to the Dark to Light podcast with now exited Kyle and Beans. You can hear the show every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. Also live Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time on Rumble, Getter, and also streaming live on Twitter. We will be back on Monday.